Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. It's time for the Thursday Night Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show is presented by Mechdyne. Headquartered in Marshalltown and founded by Iowa State grads, Mechdyne is a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. Now, here is your host, Jared Stansberry. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by our friends at Mechdyne here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. If you want to find out more about our friends at Mechdyne, go to mechdyne.com, check out their careers page. Maybe you're looking to find a new job or get into a new field, and that'd be a fantastic place to do it. Great guys up there, and uh, it's got a fantastic culture to be a part of. It's not an episode of football and random things, but we're going to have some football and random things type of vibes tonight here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show as I'm joined by Jeff Woody. Hello, Jeffrey. It's been a while. It's been, what, three weeks since uh, people have had to, like, somewhat between voluntarily and uh, by, like, begrudging choice, subjected themselves to listening to, listening to me talk for any length of time. So I apologize. And hi, Jared. I mean, I don't know why you're apologizing. Like, this is not, this isn't Jeff Woody time of year, you know? And it's true. That's it's, I have, I've receded. My Christmas elf status has now receded into um, time when you're no longer viable. And for those that haven't listened to every single episode, the Christmas elf status is uh, for people who enjoy, whether it's the Santa Claus or someone just helping like guide kids to Santa Claus so they can say their wishes of their, their Christmas wishes. Uh, as soon as that season is over, December 26th rolls around, you're no longer in need of service. So as soon as the last football game, I am like a Christmas elf where the last game or more or less the season is done. And all of a sudden I just fade into the oblivion, just anxiously waiting by the phone for Jared to call me and say, Hey, you want to talk about stuff? And I jump at the chance to guide people to Santa Claus to tell them their wishes, which I, I did text you a couple of weeks ago and see if you wanted to do a podcast. We haven't done it yet though. With uh, with Jared Burnett, maybe we got some time. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do that sometime during the off season. But um, no, you're like a bear. You go into you go into hibernation late for the standard bear, though. Yeah, it's it's already well past when a bear would have any sense to go into hibernation. But then I come out for a brief uh, a break in hibernation for spring ball, and then return back to hibernation until like July. And then at that point, as you start foraging for as much food as you can to try and gain several hundred pounds in a week. That's kind of the goal. Right. Yeah. You're, or you could be like the groundhog. You're like Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Jeff. Punxsutawney Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So the reason we've got you tonight, there's been some, uh, football. I I mean, I guess best way to put it is news. Uh, a lot of it, we kind of had already an idea of, but the big thing today, uh, the Iowa State 2021 football schedule was released. Well, I guess we knew the non-conference opponents already, but we now have uh, the Cyclones' uh, Big 12 schedule for this this fall. And, Jeff, I, I think there's some interesting things to um, take note of here. Uh, you know, at, at basically every um, level of the schedule, just – I don't see many losses on this thing here, Jeff Woody. Uh, maybe I don't see a single one. I, I don't know that I see a single loss on that schedule. 
Well, I mean, if you, it's hard to, you know, predicting an undefeated season is, is pretty absurd. Not like uh, no, I'm pre- predicting undefeated season. So not like it's above us, but um, I mean, there are certain games that you look at and you go, that's going to be more challenging than others. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you can't look at have you, you can't look at this season having watched last season and not feel like for the kind of the first time in a while, if ever, where you kind of don't really care what the schedule says, because you're like, you know what? Going to have to go through it anyway. And I think that, you know, and as an Iowa state fan, I would go into every week expecting to win. So there, it is challenging. And we're going to spend a fair amount of time kind of breaking apart and looking at the schedules where the hard parts might be. Um, but I think the only one that I think we're going to both agree on for sure. And I think everyone would agree on is the big dog of a game is going to be that, uh, November 20th game in Norman, which is probably going to be, I mean, hopefully with probably for Oklahoma, hopefully, hopefully slash probably for Iowa state going to be one of those winners for sure in losers, still probably into a title game, but you want to win that game to lock yourself into that title game because it's only two games left in the regular season with Iowa state hosting TCU to finish. So uh, that game is going to be really important. And that might, depending on how the seasons go, that might be a game day game kind of thing. So there's potentially two, maybe three college game day chances. And I think the one that's the most like, whew, that's going to be tough is at Oklahoma. But even still, we've seen what's happened the last two times we've gone to Norman and it's not what the past hundred years of football said would happen in Norman's. So um, I don't know. It's, it's fun to see the schedules out and it's also fun to kind of not care. In, in a good way, you know, like to not be intimidated by any part of the schedule that it's just fun to look at. See, this is what, and this is all like a completely hypo- hypothetical thing, but it's not crazy or outside the realm of, of thought of like realistic thought that both of those teams could be undefeated. No, not by any stretch, not by any stretch. Is it, is it um, like, saying, you know what, there's a good chance that they're going to get there. Now, the downside here, and this is not going to be fun for the, basically everybody listens to this program, because I'd imagine there's not a ton of Iowa fans that are just tuning into the Cyclone Radio Hour. Um, but the the game, I think, that has the highest potential for Iowa State to stumble up is going to be Iowa, just because notoriously, Campbell teams start slow. But what's different about this next year is there's so much talent coming back so much experience, essentially the whole roster at almost every single position returns. So it's not like you're trying to have to figure a bunch of stuff out, except, you know, you're, you're going to be without Dylan Saner. So, I mean, there's a little bit of shaking up that you'd have to go through. Uh, Defensively, you're going to be without Jaquan Bailey. So that's a little bit of what you're going to have to shuffle through. But for the most part, everybody comes back that played any, a, a meaningful, uh, kind of tactical role. So the early, the slow starts, you know, like we saw against Louisiana, like we saw the year before against Northern Iowa, like we saw uh, the year before that against Iowa, when there was the rain game, like all of those things, those consistent slow starts, they may and may or may not be a problem, but you can't ignore the fact that Iowa state generally starts slowly. And Iowa is as much as people don't want to admit it, a really good team. So you're going to have a really good team pretty much out of the gate. So that's going to be another challenge right away to see if you can get, uh, get rid of those slow starts. If you want to be in that contention 
back to that Oklahoma game kind of anchoring the end of the season that if you want to be undefeated or have that kind of college game day mentality of being down there, you're going to have to be able to beat Oak or beat Iowa at home. Well, and we can add to that, that even if they did lose that game, you know, there's like nine games before then, you know, between the two of them. So if both of them were even undefeated in the big 12 at that point, Mm -hmm. like that's that's still obviously a massive game. I would think that probably both of them would be still in the top 10 at that point. So, uh, but no, man, I think that this, uh, you make a good point because I think that this is the first year where since Campbell's been here, where I don't know that you can have, like if they come out and start slow, there's no excuse for that this year, you know, mm-hmm. like last year, obviously a lot was going on. Matt Campbell told Chris uh, on their podcast last week that they had like 40 something guys out the week before they were supposed to play Louisiana and which we, you know, kind of had an idea of that was what the case was. And there was a lot going on, you know, mm-hmm. the year before that you had a whole bunch of new players that you're trying to work in. You're young at a bunch of different spots, first games without David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler and all that led to the, overtime game against Northern Iowa. And then, you know, going back, we, there's been plenty of different things, but um, like this year there, in my mind, there's no reason for you to not just be able to jump right out of the gate and be pretty dang good, you know, yeah, to play the quality of football at the end that we saw at the end of last season in the beginning of next season. Now, granted stuff still happened earlier games. Like that's still true. Um, but yeah, you want to see a carryover from last year to next to, to this the last games of last year into the start of next year. Yeah, and I, I think like when you lose Dylan Sainer, it's not like they've never had to play without Dylan Sainer before. Right. You know, uh, they've had they obviously had to play without him this past year in uh, at least one game. Um, was it West Virginia? Yeah. I think that's I think it was right. the West Virginia game because he yeah. come back right for the Big 12 championship. That would have been the last regular season game. So I think it was the West Virginia game um, without Dylan Sainter completely. And that was one of the most efficient games against a good defense that Iowa State had. So it's not the worst thing. I'm just saying like of man- managing contributors. But um, I also think there's just a lot of a lot of guys that are coming up too that are going to be more prepared to like hop in and play. Just think mm-hmm. about how many guys they've just played, you know, like – it's not like we're in these past couple of years, Brock has had to like break in three new receivers, you know, right. you're not breaking in any new receivers. You've got receivers that are sitting on the bench that have hardly even played that have played more snaps than some of those guys that were like coming in and having to play every snap, you know? Right. And, uh, and you hope that they're going to continue to get better. I mean, guys like Joe skates or, uh, you know, a, a Daniel Jackson or like someone like that, like you, obviously the hope is that they can continue to improve and, I mean, I think that when you've got a guy like Brees Hall that is going to be kind of the anchor of everything and you return what you do on the offensive line, like we forget or we don't talk that much about, man, like they didn't have their best offensive lineman for the whole season. Uh You know, you get that guy back. Plus you have the like seven guys that they rotated in and out throughout the entire remainder of the year that started games like you come into this next year with eight offensive linemen with like starting with extensive starting experience in the big 12 like that. You don't get that very often at Iowa state. There's no excuse for that group to come out and not be ready to play right off the bat. 
Yeah. And I think another fun thing, just looking at the schedule, not even talking about recurring returning starters is Northern Iowa is about to kick off their season. Like, well, and that's what I was just going to say. Even, It'll be interesting to see how that works season. You know, yeah. so like how I don't know how many games are they playing? What? Seven, nine, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. They kick and, off, I think literally on Saturday. Yeah. So, but they haven't, they haven't started their season yet. So they're going to start their season in February. Granted they play in a dome. So good for them, but you, you're starting your season now, which would finish in like end of April or something like that. I don't know. I haven't looked at their exact schedule, but then that means you, you don't have a spring ball. Like it's not that you have a, um, a time to work in what the next class is going to look like, like your season is done. And then you go right into summer and all of the guy, all the time that you would have in the off season, if you're a Northern Iowa to groom these guys that are sophomores that are going to be juniors that are replacing seniors that graduate or, you know, whatever the, the, the group that starts to matriculate under the group that's graduating, they're probably going to get a COVID return thing. But a lot of those guys, you know, if it, it, you have a uh, Northern Iowa has a couple NFL draft guys, they also have some guys that are just potentially going to be done because they had this really quick turnaround the bodies are beat, you know, beat up really badly, depending on how the season goes. So you may have the same group going from spring to fall, but you also might have some turnover from guys that are going to the NFL that wouldn't normally be leaving. So that turnaround is also going to be really interesting to see what happens with the FCS programs going spring full football summer transition with a little bit of a lull back into fall full football. I think that that little transition is going to be interesting to see what game one, whether that's good or bad for Northern Iowa coming out of the, that weird off season they had. Well, and just think like you don't get any recovery period, you know, it's a lot like the, um, the NBA, how it worked with the NBA bubble where you had like six weeks and all of a sudden then you're mm -hmm. back in training camp, you know? And I mean, Obviously, like we hope that there's no like major injuries, but like if someone torn ACL or something like that, it's not like they're going to be back for the fall, you know? Yeah. Well, like even, that, and you don't want that. Obviously, like I said, we don't want that. Like no one wants that to happen, but that's just like what in my mind, I'm like, man, like that's going to be tough to recover from. Yeah. Well, and even beyond like the major injuries, like, you know, torn something, which again, this, hope no one, it's has all to hypothetical, hypothetical, yeah. but even stuff that's like a, a, a slightly pulled hamstring, like a tweaked hamstring, you know, you have, um, that you want to take time to rest and recover throughout the whole season or the whole off season. So, you know, a guy like a guy like Alexander Robinson, who was such a workhorse in when, you know, when I was an, uh, an underclassman, he was such a workhorse. He really never did spring ball that intently because he was always nursing like a shoulder injury or hamstring injury. Cause he had like seven, 17,000 calorie or carry, excuse me, during the season. So they would let him rest and recover. So he'd be ready come summer to kind of ramp up and to be in full shape and full health for the season. Well, if you finish your season and you're a guy who has a ton of snaps, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, running back, whatever, you have a ton of snaps. You have a nagging ankle injury, a hamstring injury and a shoulder that's kind of tight. You're going to have like, seven weeks before you go, all right, it's summertime. Let's get going for fall football. Cause we start, a, we start playing a game four months from the time you're done. So it's going to be a really interesting, that Northern Iowa turnaround is going to be really interesting. And I also wonder, um, you know, that's not necessarily their super bowl, but whenever they get to play one of the in-state schools, that's big for them because all of those guys got passed up in recruiting by one of those schools. So it's a personal vendetta thing. So imagine you're not going to get them taking a week off on that one, 
but just generally in the Northern Iowa or the, or the FCS season, I wonder if after their, their bigger games of playing their in-state schools or their kind of rivalry schools, if they would then take the next week to sort of back off and play less starters and give them a little bit of a chance to kind of recover. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious generally how the FCS season from spring to fall just happens. Man, and Northern Iowa's going to have the the young demon Johnny Manziel 2.0 Will McAvoy back there at quarterback again. <laughs> Rail splitter pride, man. Man, hey, I'm a Southsider now, so I gotta uh, I gotta rep. Hey, you the, gotta, you gotta rep I gotta rep the, the, the rail splitters, bro. <laughs> big big Lincoln High guy. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, man, that's uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I like I think that that beginning stretch. Like, I think that you, I think Iowa State will come out at three zero. I feel good that they're going to beat Iowa next, this this upcoming year. Well, but yeah. I've also felt good that they're going to beat Iowa like the last three years. So, yeah, and it's uh, it's at home, which should be beneficial, especially because assuming that you know I, there's a whole lot of you know socio political factors, but assuming that you can get at least let's call it sixty percent of the crowd back none of the teams like especially like younger guys or you know transfer guys or whatever if they play all of last year they didn't experience anything like what a full-throated crowd is going to be like and well, so Petrus has never the, played quarterback in front of a crowd has never been a starting right, quarterback ever, in front of a crowd ever. and and so a guy like him or you know fill in the blank like tyler goodson has because the season before but like the younger guys or guys are trying to break in or again whatever that like that group has not ever played in front of a crowd that wants them to forget everything they know. Like that's not that, that experience hasn't happened. And so playing in Ames again, there are times when there was 14,000 people at Jack Trice and it felt like 30. Now imagine having 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 and what that is going to feel like coming off of not having anyone in the stands last year. So the home field advantage, I think is going to be a lot more pronounced early in the season because guys wouldn't have had a chance to acclimate to noise and to hostile environments and, you know, getting called a, a drunk a-hole from some person in the stands Like you're not, you're not going to be able to experience what that's like until you actually get there. And so I think having this year specifically at home provides a unique advantage early in the season. I think by week three or four, you've kind of gotten that out of your system. Like you're used to what it's like to play in front of noisy crowds, but this, it would be their first, Petrus's first road game with a crowd. He'll have a home game with a crowd before this, probably, uh, you know, depending, depending on what policies are by the time we get there, but he'll have a, this will be his first road game with anyone screaming at him in his college career. So that kind of thing does have some effect because it brings back the jitters of what a freshman would feel, even though he's not technically going to be a freshman the next season. Dr. Fauci said today that we're uh, open season on the vaccinations by April. He's scratching me where I itch. He knows that I want I want full college football stadiums next year. Yeah, I, I think if if you could say, hey, we're going to get full concerts and full football, I think you can snap people in line, hopefully. Uh, yeah, if, if they say that we can have full country concerts – uh, you know, we're going to have a big country festival. Oh, you know, Guthrie river ruckus or something like that. You know, I'm there, you know, you know, I'm there, Jeff Woody. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk some more about the big 12 schedule. We didn't get into that too, too much outside of that Oklahoma game here. When we come back, 
Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have. I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NM. MLS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cycle Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle 
of Cody Road Bourbon or the very popular Irish Cream Liqueur. Cycle Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for, well, basically since I moved up here. So we're pushing a decade now. Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy, but I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff, and you know why I need to go see the specialist? Because I'm a man, and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls, I want to be able to walk them down the aisle, I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday. Be a man, go to the doctor, iowaclinic.com, tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you their way. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Mechdyne here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Jared Stansbury and Jeff Woody. Jeff, if I would have told you six years ago that on February 11th, we would be doing half of our radio show breaking down the Iowa State football schedule, what would you have told me? <laughs> What's wrong with the basketball program? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a not a conversation for today. <laughs> oh boy, um, oh, that's that's a low blow. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, it's it's okay. It that's no worse than anything that I've been saying over the last couple of weeks. But um, all right, so the Big Twelve schedule. Obviously, there's a game against you. Are you uh, football and random things trip to Las Vegas? How do you feel? So I will be. Uh... I get married the following Monday on a beach in South Carolina. So it'd be a, a bit of a turnaround to go out to Vegas on Saturday and make it from Vegas to South Carolina by Monday and not be dead. I mean, it sounds like the plot of the hangover. <laughs> Just it's the hangover. I don't know. I, I saw that movie and, and I don't know if I want to be a part of the movie. It's a fun movie to watch, but I don't think 
being an actor in the series is going to be going to be really enjoyable. I don't, I don't know. Man, it looked, looked like they had fun. They all made a lot of money off it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. So then you get, you open big 12 play. Uh, the last week of of September, go on the road almost two years to the day from Tent Gate down in Waco. Go back and play the Baylor Bears um, to open open the schedule. Man, I feel like the the beginning of Big Twelve play is pretty favorable to Iowa State, where you go on the road to Baylor, come back home and play Kansas, then you go to Manhattan. And then you come back and play Oklahoma State and then go to West Virginia in the month of October. Man, this has to be the earliest that Iowa State's played Kansas State in like 10 years. Yeah, I, it's normally it's the rival. They put it on the rivalry weekend. It's the, the Farmageddon yeah. game. They throw it in the back of the season. But I guess they gave us TCU for that one. Um, I think the thing that is, yeah, the, the thing that's nice to start the season. Now, Baylor, Baylor's an interesting one because I think Dave Aranda is a really, really good coach. But last year, their offense was Charlie Brewer. Well, Charlie Brewer is not going to be a Baylor next year. He's entered, I believe he's entered the transfer portal. So he is I think out. He's going to Utah. Yeah. So he is out of Baylor. He is no longer going to be a Baylor bear. And so now you have to break in your, your entire offense. It would be like the chiefs losing Patrick Mahomes. And we and granted, they did that for a half a quarter in the AFC championship game. But if, if that's kind of the, the quintessential nature of the offense, it's not that they don't have other talent because they do they're it's Baylor. They generally have, you know, some top three round wide receiver. I don't know if they're going to have that guy. They're going to have speedy wide, you know, running backs. They're going to have guys and Iran is going to come up with a good defensive strategy, but you're going to have to wholly completely replace your offensive strategy. And that is your first big 12 game against the best schemed defense in the conference. So it's going to be a really difficult challenge for Baylor. It's nice that you're getting them early and not getting them later with a little bit more time for them to get Aranda to figure out what's going on and kind of get his team more, more on solid ground. But then you get Kansas and Kansas state, which I think depending on the health of Kansas state, those are probably, you know, Kansas, Texas tech and Kansas state are probably the bottom three in the conference looking at going next year, but it's still coach Kleiman and never doubt the vampire that, or the descendant of the vampire. Mm-hmm. So regardless, I think that is like you're talking about, it's a favorable start to the season with Baylor, which late in the season, Baylor's going to be tough, but getting them early is going to be nice. Kansas, which is Kansas. And you get them at Jack Trice uh, and then at Kansas state. So you've got a nice start to the season, assuming that you're able to mind your P's and Q's. And that's when it starts getting real from that point forward. Yeah. And Baylor is, um, replacing their offensive coordinator as well. They fired Larry Fedora. So uh, they're going to have a lot to figure out. Yeah, for sure. So that, that definitely works out in Iowa state's favor. I think playing Oklahoma state earlier rather than later is probably for the best as well. When you consider what they've got to replace, especially defensively. I mean, they had so many guys that were seniors, you know, and I don't know. I don't think anybody hardly had as many guys returning as what Iowa state did like that took advantage of the extra year like what they did. Well, they're uh, gonna have, I would imagine that corner, uh, greedy Williams, little brother is probably going to go to the NFL if he's able to. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of those guys that were big time NFL type players. Yeah. So you're going to lose, uh, you're going to lose guy. You lose Juba Hubbard. I'm guessing Tylen Wallace is declared for the NFL yeah, draft. He, not he's gone. Sure. Yeah. So you do have uh, Spencer Sanders is probably back and he is dangerous, but you get him in Ames in Brocktober. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then you get to the the November slate 
then you started off with uh with uh, the Sark experience uh November 6th with the Texas Longhorns coming to town and Steve Sarkeesian man I just don't know what to I don't know what to make of Texas right now I feel like until we see them like it's like you have no idea what they're going to be like well, and there's, there's a chance that it goes in one of two different directions, you know, like we all thought, and, and you being a guy that's from, you know, Nebraska adjacent, we all thought when like UCF does so great. And then they, they hire Scott Frost and like, it almost seems like a too good to be true. It's perfect fit. Great job. And then all of a sudden it, it just isn't. And I, you know, you, whatever the reason, it just isn't a good fit. And then there's other ones where, uh, you know, someone just is lockstep with, and it goes, holy smokes, they hit the ground running. Like you, you don't know what direction a hire is going to go. I would imagine just because Herm was and is such a player's coach that it's going to be a little bit hard for anyone to come in and immediately get like full hundred percent buy-in of everything, regardless of who it is. You're like you're even, you know, an urban Meyer is going to have a difficult time being like, all right, here's what we're doing now just because it's different. And they, I think the guys liked Herman because Herman respected them. He just didn't play politics. So I have a feeling that this first year or two with Sark is either going to be absolute gangbusters or it's going to be pretty rough. I don't think it's going to be like a nine and three kind of season. They're either going to be like seven and five, eight and four, or they're going to be like 11 and one. Like it's going to be one of those two directions and it's going to be really hard I would imagine to fall in the middle, especially in a conference like the big 12, where you have Iowa state, Oklahoma, very clearly towards the top. You have a couple very clearly towards the bottom, like Kansas and maybe Texas tech. And then you have a lot of pretty good teams like TCU, like West Virginia, that you're not really going to want to play. And if you miss a step, you're going to, they can, they can be you anytime. So it's going to be really hard for Texas in my mind to be great right away, unless Sark absolutely nails it. And we don't know if he will or won't. So that game could be an, uh, one of, I think the three potential, you know, game day games, you know, in Ames, Texas, let's say they are going gangbusters and they're ranked 11th and Iowa state's been gangbusters and they're ranked sixth or something like that. And you have that kind of matchup that could be a game day game or Texas could have faltered, gotten heck beat out of them by Oklahoma and the red river. And then, you know, lost one or two other games. And there are three, there are a five and three team coming into that, that week. So who knows what that game is going to be like, that one's probably the hardest that one. And I think the end of the season are going to be the two hardest games to like have a feel for before the thing starts. Yeah. And you just don't know what they're going to bring it with the quarterback position. You know, you lose Sam Ellinger and uh, I think that the guy who was his backup is transferring. Like you, they had a bunch of guys under the transfer portal. So I just, I don't know what to make of them right now that's like that's why I, why I say like I think I need to see them play before I and really just like see what it's going to look like before I even have any idea what to expect from them uh going forward and I assume when you say the end of the season you're talking about TCU mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah so what I mean what that, sticks that out about last, that one that last stretch because Texas Tech uh, uh in Lubbock they could be better but uh, their defense still has so many problems that hopefully they start getting it figured out for the sake of the, of, you know, the red Raider fans, but for the sake of all other fans in the conference, you want another Kansas. Like you want another team, you want a Rutgers and you want an Illinois. Like, you know, you want a team that's, that, that's a bad team. That's another, and another bad team. Um, but for red Raider sake, you hope they get better, but there's still just some stuff that go that's going on that you're not like, 
a hundred percent sure that they're going to be able to fix. Um, so going down to Lubbock again, let's not chalk that up as a win because nothing is always it, it, nothing's guaranteed, but that would be the one that you're the most favorable of, which then you look at the, um, the last two and obviously at Oklahoma, I mean, that is the, the, that and Iowa are the two games that like just scream out on the schedule. Like this one's important. And I think Oklahoma equally looks at that game and it's probably uh, Texas and Iowa state are the two games on their schedule that scream. These are important games. Uh, they play Nebraska this year. So like I said, the two games are Texas and I wait that scream. <laughs> um, so the, but there's that game. And so depending on what the outcome of that game is the following week is senior day, which is TCU at home, but you would have just come off this huge emotional game against Oklahoma. That means a lot, potentially preparing for another Oklahoma rematch the following week. And you have a senior day that's sandwiched in between there and Texas and TCU. They're good. Like they're always going to be a good team. And, and Gary Patterson teams generally don't stay bad for long. Like even if it's one or two or three, even three years that they're like less than ideal, you know, less than their 10 win expectations. But if they're even okay, you know, they're a seven, seven win team, eight win team at the time. And they're trying to get to their eight or ninth win. You're going to have to buck yourself up after the Oklahoma game to play a really good TCU team at home for a chance potentially to keep your playoff spot alive. So that TCU game seems not necessarily like it's a trap, but it's going to be sandwiched potentially. If the season goes like you want it, that that game is going to be sandwiched between Oklahoma and Oklahoma for finishing the, you know, winning the, the, the conference title in the regular season and then playing the conference title. So you have Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma. That's a really, that game right there is a, is a little bit of a devil's cradle that you're not a hundred percent, you know, that, that I wouldn't be like, let's chalk all these up as wins. That's one that could be really tricky again, especially depending on context of where we're at in December and, or end of November and uh, how TCU plays. So yeah, that the, the TCU game sticks out as a, a particularly tricky one just because of where it's situated in the schedule. Man, I can't imagine when uh, I guess Baylor and Oklahoma played in November a couple of years ago. I was going to say this has to be the first time that you could end up in a position where they're playing like with two weeks of separation, uh, you know, in that Big 12 championship game. But I do think that Baylor and Oklahoma played late like that a uh, couple of years ago. Um all right. Yeah. I mean, I think we've probably picked all the meat off the scheduling bone. Um, other news from last week, Matt Campbell's, or I guess earlier this week, Matt Campbell's extension at Iowa state announced not surprising in any sense right there. Uh, really the only change besides adding years was $3 more million for his uh, $3 million more for his staff. And um, I mean, did you have any reaction to any of that? Was there anything that stuck out about it? <laughs> my only reaction was like, how, I wonder how, like, how did the negotiations go? Like Matt walks into the room and Jamie is like, okay, we're doing this again. All right. What do you want? What do you need? All right. Some extra money for the staff. Fine. Here you go. And then leave. Like that's the extent of the negotiation because both parties knew they were staying like despite all of the Campbell of the Jets, Matt Campbell's going to be the coach in Nebraska. Matt Campbell, there's none of that was true. None of that even smelled true. And it it's just funny because 
I think each one of these negotiations, it's great for the staff and staff continuity that Campbell gets to continue to pay these guys more because they continue to win. And for whatever reason, people think that, that you can't win at Iowa state, even though he is winning at Iowa state. And it, it's just funny because no one outside or no one, no one expected Campbell to go anywhere. And so like renegotiating contract is just as symbolic of a move as it is an actual contract negotiation. And so it's just funny because there wasn't really leverage either way of saying like, you know, we're going to leave if you don't do this. It's like, all right, let's be nice. And here's, here's some staff salaries and stuff. So, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I do think it, it's further like, it's notable when he doesn't take any more money himself, you know, in my mind, just because there's a lot of coaches out there that they're like, screw these guys, give me my money, you know? And the only money that changes is, is with the staff. Like that just tells you where his priorities are at. Yeah. And so this is just, and we've said this on the podcast uh, on football and random things, but for any of you, Iowa state fans who have a fan of another program or just any casual fan, that's like, you know, Matt, I heard Matt Campbell's going to go to X, Y, and Z. The Matt Campbell wants to be in Ames. And like, that's not a, a genuine, that's not like a, a, a coach speak thing. Like he genuinely wants to be here. And the evidence isn't, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Every single time that there has been a contract negotiation, the primary driver that coach Campbell has been looking for is an increase in staff salary to try and keep his staff together in Ames. So if you're trying to, and, and so part number two is in last year's um, negotiations, it was including the, the commitment to building the new sports performance center with, and renovations to the stadium, which is going to take years and millions of dollars invested in something he does not directly see a benefit of unless he's here for a long time. So if you are trying to be a person who is trying to use Iowa state as a rep resume builder to try and get to the next job, a la Gene Chizik, it was Chizik never wanted to stay here. And when granted, he didn't win enough to have a substantial negotiation, but if you're going to want to extort a school for as much as you can, and then bounce to the next opportunity, you're not going to put in your contract renegotiation things that start building longer routes that it's harder to uproot. So if you start negotiating, negotiating staff salaries up, and then you go, all right, boys, we're going to go to school X. That's where we're considering taking this job. And that school goes, cool, man, we're going to pay you 7 million, but we can't match this staff salary because these guys are getting way more money than we've actually got in the coffers for assistance. Okay, guys, we're going to go to school X and I'm going to get more money, but you're going to have to take less money that that's not necessarily going to fly. So that, and you have the facilities that he has kind of argued and negotiated with to try and get a, a more fertile recruiting ground and a bigger sports performance center that you can then pull more guys to and train guys better in, which you're not even going to see until five, six years after that thing is finished because of what the building can do then for you. So for those people that are saying like, Matt Campbell's going to leave, he's going to, there's no way he stays. Look at what's actually happening. Not what the national quote narrative on you can't win in X location is. So, and then one other little mini thing, and I think you've said this before and, and Chris has said this before is in order to be a playoff team, you have to be able, pretty much you have to start in the top 10. If you don't start in the preseason top 10, you're not going to be able to jump your way up unless you have this huge, you know, 
massive upset. I mean, look at BYU. They were undefeated through the entire season. The highest they got was like 12. And or, or if you're a power five team that just that just wins. I mean, like Iowa was that one year. Yeah. You know, like they just won every week, and it's like by proxy, you're gonna keep moving up, you know. Yeah. But if you start in the top 10, it gives you license to potentially be in the playoff conversation in the top four. Because even if you lose one, but you started at seven, then you can still bump your way up into that. Hey, they were really they're they're a really good team. They just lost one time. Where's Iowa State's preseason ranking right now? Seven, eight? Yeah. Depending on who you ask. Okay. Where is Michigan's preseason rank? Not. I would say if they are ranked, it's low. Yeah. Where's Florida right now? About two or three spots lower than that. Mm -hmm. The other powers that you're looking at, yes, they have higher name recognition. But if you're talking about not being able to win or not being able to make the playoffs, they're starting at seven or eight. You have to jump four teams to get there throughout the course of the season. Mind your P's and Q's, win your games, and you're in the playoff. Period. End of story. Where are you going to need to go? You have the facility you want. You have the staff you want. You have the, they will have the pay they want. You have recruiting classes that you can do. You have carte blanche with an AD, and you have a fan base that you know is eating out of the palm of your hand, and, and you're starting in the top 10. Find a better job. Right. They exist, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think probably a hard maybe. I mean, it would be – yeah. I, I don't know. I have no idea where that would – where that would be the case, but I'm interested in your yeah. thoughts on the sports performance center though. Cause you were at, you were in the program when the Bergstrom opened, didn't, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, was, uh, my first three seasons were in the Olsen building with the weight room being in the, where they just tore down uh, locker room weight room being where they just tore down and the Bergstrom um, finished. So I, what I think is really nice about that is it really, it, it ups the things that you don't think about if you are a, like a, a just the casual fan. So the, the experience that a student athlete's going to have, where you're going to spend most of your time is at the football body um, for just, I mean, obvious reasons. You're going to be practicing. You're going to be watching film. You're going to be hanging out with your buddies just because you're there already. Um, but you're also going to spend a not insignificant portion of the time, probably three hours of your day at mandatory food check-ins because they need to make sure that your weight is good, your nutrition is good, you're eating the right vitamins and nutrients and stuff like that. And so you're gonna to have to spend some of about, let's call it three hours of your day, either walking to or getting eating food at the dining centers. Other times let's call it two hours of your day that you are studying or getting tutors or using a computer or, or a, a, you know, for guys that are engineers, you need a bigger table to be able to do stuff on. And so all that time it's called two hours of going to or using a, um, you know, facilities and academic facilities. And just because of the weird scheduling, um, there is a tutoring service provided to all student athletes, uh, used to be at the Hicks and lead. Um, and so you're going to call it two, two hours of your day there. So you're at the f- football facility for five hours of your day. You're at class for th- three and a half hours out of your day. You're studying for two hours You're eating for three hours. So of that time, you have to, that's all spread out across campus. The dining centers are all over the study centers at Hicks, Hicks and lead your classes are on campus. Your tutor or, or your uh, uh, football is at the football facility. And what this does is it brings all of that together. So you can more optimize your own time and your own day in a really nice place. Cause there's going to be food in there. There's going to be the tutoring center. That's going to be in there. There's going to be locker rooms. And there's going to be lounge areas that you can just hang out in between classes in between meetings in between whatever, if you're studying, you're reading, you can stay there. So it makes it a really desirable place, especially like imagine having a work from home environment for most people that have been working from home for the past year, you know, year work from home environment in a place that's 
cluttered, messy, and you have to leave all the time versus having a really big spacious open area that is comfortable to exist in, which one's a better place to be. So I think the locker rooms, the weight room and the practice facility aren't really going to change much. And even if they did, it's not going to be substantial because they were nice enough. It's the I think stuff that locker rooms changing a lot. Actually, It, it is, but the, like, it's going to go from cool to really cool, which yeah. doesn't really, it's not going to be that much of a different experience to me. Like it's going to be, it's really nice. And perhaps that's just my view of it. It's not going to be drastically different of an experience from one really nice locker room to another really nice locker room. What makes it different is that you have the nutritional portion that's in there that guys won't have to go all over campus to get food. And the academic portion is all in the same facility and your coach's locker room or your coach's meeting rooms are there and coach's offices. So you can be like in between, Hey, I got 35 minutes between classes. I don't have any assignments to do. I'm going to run and grab a snack and I'm going to go knock on my coach's door and say, Hey, when we're in cover two or when they're in cover two and they have that safety, that's kind of pushed over the side. Do we have any clips on that that I can watch? And you can get a little drop in meeting and then you're good. So like that set, that sports performance center, it consolidates a lot of the stuff that is sort of the between the scenes thing that not a lot of people recognize. And then the stadium upgrade just makes it really cool. Like it's just a more of a fun stadium experience to be able to walk around on the mm -hmm. North side of the stadium as well. So um, I think it's going to be a substantial thing, uh, especially because you're going to be able to get players to tell other players like recruits to be like, dude, you get, cause imagine all the time you're not going to spend walking to campus or taking the bus. Like you get an extra hour and a half back in your day from just everything being here, you get to be home done with your school, done with practice, done eating at eight. And you're just chilling for the night. Like that's the kind of thing that is that you can have a hard sales pitch to recruits because of this building. For sure. All right. We've got a couple more things to touch on here. When we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey, y'all. Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. 
Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have, I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, 
Here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Mectine here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX, no 106.3 FM. Jared Stansberry and Jeff Woody just got done talking about Iowa State's 2021 football schedule, talking a little bit about the Sports Performance Center set to open here later on this spring up in Ames. Um, Jeff, something that came across the wire yesterday that I thought was notable and thought that you would be able to give some good perspective on Paul Rhodes, uh, former head coach at, at Iowa State, was your coach um, up in Ames and uh, a guy who's kind of bounced around here over the last several years, was at Arkansas for a while, UCLA and then Arizona, going to go be an analyst out in Columbus with uh, Ryan Day. What's uh, What was your reaction when you, when you saw that news? Yeah, but he's not going to be there for that long. I mean, that's... Uh it seems like a job that you take when you just want to reduce your stress for a little bit, that you don't have to be a coordinator and head coach and coming up with, and you know, overseeing whatever, like, it seems like it's a bit of a, like a relax and breathe year. And then he's going to want to get the edge to be a defensive coordinator or a, a position coach, like a, a DB's coach, safety's coach someplace. So this seems like it's uh, going to go there, enjoy, just genuinely enjoy being a coach again and then go take another a position somewhere else. But I mean, he's going to do any position that involves coach Rhodes being a coach. He is going to be fantastic at it's the, I think the where he, I don't know, this is per, probably speaking a little bit out of turn. A lot of times where it gets a little bit difficult is in like the management aspect of it, like the being a CEO, which we talk about coach Campbell doing all the time. And urban Meyer does all the time um, is that's the kind of stuff that for whatever reason has not necessarily f- come together. But when you watch and experience him teaching you how to be a better person, how to be a better safety, being a better special teams player, like that dude is special in his communication and his genuine consideration for the human beings that he's coaching. So he's going to do really, really well at that job. And I hope he enjoys it and like is able to de-stress for a little bit. Cause that dude goes a million miles a minute and is a phenomenal person and coach. So I, yeah, I'm hoping that he's able to just relax and breathe and, you know, win a few games. Well, yeah, I think that the winning a few games isn't going to be an issue. No, maybe get no. himself a maybe get himself a ring or something like that uh, to add to the Wouldn't trophy be- case. So it was cool though. I mean, a lot of coaches have done that where they've been able to go and. I mean, Alabama is the notable one where uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Steve Sarkeesian did. You know, I think uh, Butch Jones just did that. Now he got a new head coaching job. Like that's like a new thing. Is guys go and be an analyst for a year and then all of a sudden they get a new job. You know. Yeah take time to rest, recharge your batteries. Wouldn't that be crazy though? You know, like the one year that uh, Iowa state has a potential to make the playoff and they like draw Iowa or Ohio state with Paul Rhodes, Paul Rhodes as a qual or as a, as a, with, an, as an analyst, as an analyst, Wouldn't that, that would be, be something else. Yeah. That would uh, definitely be something else. Um, something else that you and I talked a little bit about before we started recording that I, I you gave some, I thought some good thoughts on uh, earlier today. It was announced that former Iowa strength coach, Chris Doyle hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, obviously like we know that Chris Doyle has had success at being a strength coach. I don't know if he was the strength coach. What, I don't know what the, it's like player development or like something like that mm-hmm. uh, was his official title. What, what's your first reaction when you, when you see that? 
I think that's as dumb as of a hire as you could possibly get. And that's not to say that Chris Doyle, you know, I don't know anything that was going on behind the scenes. And I think we had an episode on it uh, to talk more in depth about like the issues regarding race and stuff like that that went on. So we're not going to touch on that. But the way something that is not a gray area is that his mechanism or his methodology is uh, a very kind of grinder work ethic almost like a wrestler, like you're going to work your butt off under the bar and in the weight room and doing sprints and, and working super, super hard. That's not really how professionals operate. Like professionals at this point in their careers understand what's necessary to do what they're going to do. So this, the, the strength, strength coach is not a college strength coach. You can't scream at guys and you can't do blank and blank and blank and say, you, you know, stupid blank and blank. They're professionals. They choose where they are. They can go, man, I hate it here. Deuces. I'm out. Like the, the ability to do that changes what you can do dealing with professionals. So he's a guy, the rhabdo thing, whether or not it was the player's fault or his fault, it's get you to get to the bar. You got to do a hundred squats before you can leave. Like at like a body weight or a 50% of your back. Like you, that's an insane amount of work. He's going to have to completely overturn all of the stuff that he's done before. Otherwise you're going to start burying your guys uh, from a, from just like a too much work standpoint, which is going to make you one less effective and two less desirable for any free agents to want to actually come to that place. So urban, I think made a strategic error in hiring crystal. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know what the interview process was like, and I don't know what urban's looking for but it seems like urban is taking a college model and bringing it to the NFL, which Nick Saban proved does not work. It has been proven to not work. I think not just by Nick Saban, by, by many different coaches uh, over the years. All right. Last thing really quick before we wrap up, just because I've never gotten your reaction to it. uh, Your former teammate, Jared Barnett, the new head coach at Des Moines Roosevelt. What, uh, how do you, what do you think about that? And how do you feel like Jared's going to do as a head coach in, in Des Moines. He's going to do awesome. Jared's, Jared's a fantastic dude. He's uh, for anyone that's in the Roosevelt area or considering, you know, whether you're kind of on the borderline or whatever, Jared is one of the nicest and most genuine human beings you're ever going to meet. And he's super sharp and real fun to be around. So, um, you know, depending on what my fall availability is, I might be helping. I might not be, but fall, fall availability is a big question, but it's the desire to help is just innately tied with Jared being a great person. So I don't know. He's going to, he's going to do, he's going to kill it. Even if the record doesn't necessarily turn around right away, he's going to make the the human beings that he's coaching better humans by being around Jared Barnett. So I'm super pumped for him. For sure. All right, Jeff, go back into your uh, hibernation and then we'll talk to you again in a, a couple weeks. I'm going to try and eat as much salmon as I can. Are you going to go catch the salmon yourself? Like if, if you, if anybody sees a shirtless man out by the Des Moines river, trying to catch salmon, which there's no salmon in the Des Moines river, but just like it, you know, in, in case they do just leave Jeff alone. Just say, Hey Jeff, do you, there's a, there's a fish market right up, right up the way. You can just go buy it there. You don't need to catch it with your mouth and it's negative 15 outside. <laughs> Stop that. I have a shirt in my car. If you, if you want one. <laughs> 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Mechdyne. We'll talk to you again, again uh, next week here on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX, no one, 106.3 FM.